Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm Pastor Dennis. It's great to see each and every one of you here. Those in the balcony, I see you way up there. Good morning. Those worshiping online today live and those who will be worshiping later, watching this message, I welcome you in Jesus' name. We're in the midst of a teaching series that have been running for six weeks throughout the summer that we've entitled Campfire Stories, where we have been gathering literally around the campfire, or at least some lights that look like a campfire, and we've been telling some of the epic stories of the Old Testament. We have been diving into the text, but we've not been orally reading the text as traditionally we do, because these stories were first handed down in the oral tradition of fathers and mothers telling the stories around campfires to sons and daughters. And so throughout the summer, we've been having a little fun as we've simply been telling these Bible stories. Today, we're looking at Gideon out of Judges chapters 6 and 7. Gideon chapters 6 and 7 of Judges. Now, if you've been tracking with us, you know that two weeks ago, we looked at the great story of Deborah and Sisera, and that was in Judges chapters 4 and 5. We took a little break, and last week we looked at Joshua chapter 3 and the story of Joshua, but we're coming back to the book of Judges today and carrying on with the story in this great man, mighty warrior that we'll see named Gideon. The scripture that I want you to keep in mind throughout this message is actually a Proverbs, and let me just share it with you, but I want you to kind of use it to undergird this message, a familiar one, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your understanding, but lean on Jesus. So as all good stories begin, once again, I begin with these words, long ago and far, far away. Do you like that so far? In an ancient land, there was a group of desert bandits, ruthless individuals called the Mennonites, and they lived east of the River Jordan. But they had been harassing Israel for seven long years, the Bible says. Israel had turned away from the one true God and they had worshipped idols, particularly Baal. And they were now uh, reaping what they had sown. They were being harassed. And the Midianites had come into their land. They had killed their animals. They had wrecked their crops. And people cried out to the Lord as the Israelites hid in caves from the ruthless Midianites. A prophet came to town and told the Israelites that they had turned away from their God. They had turned away from the faith of their fathers and mothers, and they were to turn back to the one true God. And so on one special day, there was a strange man who came to town. He was a messenger. He was an angel 
of the Lord. And he appeared to a man named Gideon, who was a farmer of wheat. He was hiding out in his father's wine press from the Midianites. And this stranger, this messenger of the Lord, came and said to Gideon, Oh, brave one, the Lord is with you. Gideon heard this guy. He probably looked to the right. He looked to the left. He said, you talking to me? The Lord is with me? Who are you? Have you been around here very long? The Midianites have invaded our land. They have killed our animals. They have wrecked our crops. The Lord is with me. Yeah, right. But which wine press have you been hanging out too long lately, buddy? The Lord is with me. He said, the Lord is with you. And you will lead a great army against the Midianites. And not one of your men will get hurt. Yeah, now you're talking. Now I know where you've been in that wine press. I am the weakest of all weak. The weakest of my clan. And I'm part of the weakest tribe in all of Israel. We're not fighters. We're farmers. The Lord is with me. But Gideon, being a good host from a stranger, decided to prepare a meal for this man. And so he went away and came back and he brought some goat meat, the Bible says, and some bread. And he placed it on a little stone. And this stranger did the oddest thing. He pulled out his staff and he touched the top of the meat and fire came out from the stone and consumed the meat. Now, how would you like to have that guy at your next barbecue, right? And Gideon said, there's something special about this guy. He must be of the Lord. And then the guy disappeared. And he thought, I just had an encounter with the Lord. That very night, the Lord spoke to Gideon and said, Gideon, I want you and your people to honor me. They've turned away from me. They've worshiped foreign gods. And so tonight I want you to tear down the pagan altar that your family has built in the center of your town to Baal. And you are to tear it down. It's an abomination to the Lord. And you are to build an altar to the Lord God, Yahweh, the true God. Now Gideon wanted to please the Lord, but he was scared, and he, so he waited to the darkest of night, and he snuck in to the center of town. The Bible says he tore down the pagan altar, and he built an altar to the Lord and sacrificed an animal there. And the next morning, the people arose, and they were shocked that their altar that celebrated their family, that celebrated their God, so to speak, of Baal, it was torn down. They were furious. And so they started to investigate. They called Crime Stoppers and the local FBI. Who could have done this? And they found out it was Gideon, son of Joash. And so they formed a mob to go to Gideon's house and take his life. And when they got there, the Bible tells us that they spoke to Joash. And Joash, in all of his wisdom, Gideon's father said, Now, why are you doing Baal's business? If Baal be God, Baal will take care of Gideon. But if Baal is not God, and you do something to Gideon, you may be in trouble. Let Baal take care of Baal's business, basically, is what he said. And they saw the wisdom of that, and Gideon's life was spared, and he knew it was spared. God delivered him once again, and God came to Gideon, the story goes. 
Gideon, I, I want you to form an army to take out these invaders. I'm going to be with you. But Gideon was still unsure. He wasn't convinced. And he was scared. He said, God, I want to do it, but give me a sign. What I'm going to do is, God, I got this fleece. I got this piece of wool. And I'm going to put it out. And in the morning, if the, if the fleece is dry, but the ground around it's all wet, I'll know that's a miracle. And I know that this is a confirmation. Well, God was patient. And in the morning, the fleece, the piece of wool on the ground, it was all dry, but the ground all around it was wet. It was a miracle. And then Gideon said, well, thank you, Lord. But did I say that the fleece would be dry and the ground was wet? Is that what I meant? I meant to say that the fleece would be all wet and the ground would be dry. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. God was patient. And the next morning, the fleece was all wet and the ground was dry. And thunder was from the heaven, as you can tell. <laughs> To say, listen to me, Gideon. <laughs> and he knew it was from the Lord. And so this farmer became a general. And he said, put your men together. And so he assembled the men. And the Bible says that he was able to get 32,000 men. Is that right, God? Just make some thundering noise. 32,000 men. And that's a lot of men, right? That's a lot. If you take the whole population of Tip City, it's about 1,000, about 10,000. And then you take the population of Troy, about 25,000. That's men, women, and children, of course, 26,000. So it's a little less than all the population of those two. And you put them together, they, had, they actually had 32,000 men. Seems like a, a mighty Size. Yes, they were farmers. They weren't trained. But I mean, 32, you can do a lot with 32,000 men. But the problem was the Bible says that the Mennonites did not have 32,000. They had 135,000 fighting, ruthless, bandit warriors. Gideon was outnumbered four to one. Now, now remember, friends, this was not far distance fighting like you're in some back room somewhere sending missiles somewhere of people you can't see. This was ancient of days. Yes, it's grotesque. But here at Gingsburg, what you need to know is we don't ignore these stories during the Bible. We just tell the stories. We let them speak for themselves, okay? It's in there. We, we share them. And this was hand-to-hand -hand combat, as brutal as it was. So think about this. If I'm outnumbered four to one, and that's what he was, I'm fighting beside my buddy who's outnumbered four to one. But if my buddy falls, I'm not outnumbered four to one anymore. I'm outnumbered what? Eight to one. Gideon was outnumbered four to one. And yet the Lord came to Gideon and said, Gideon, you've got too many men. He said, too many men? I'm outnumbered four to one, and you say that I've got too many men? He says, yes, because when you get the victory, even though you're outnumbered four to one, you're going to think that you're something else. You're going to think that you did it on your own fighting ability. You're going to think that you did it on your own might. I want you to go to your troops of 32,000, and I want you to tell them, anyone who's scared right now, that they can go home. And that's what he did. And the Bible says that when he did that, 20, 
2,000 of them went home and only 10,000 remained. Now Gideon is not outnumbered four to one, he's outnumbered 14 to one. And if the buddy falls, he's outnumbered 28 to one. This was mission impossible. And yet the Lord came to Gideon, the Bible says, and said, Gideon, you've got too many men. Too many men? <laughs> I'm outnumbered 14 to one or 28 to one if the buddy falls and you say that I've got too many men. What do you want me to do, God? Go out there and fight them all by myself? Then he thought about it for a minute. But don't get any ideas up there, God. <laughs> he says, what I want you to do is take them down to the river. Take them down to the brook. And I want you to watch them. And everybody that just gets down, all of your soldiers that get down, and they lap the water up with their faces like a dog, I want you to send them home. But those who get down and they lap the water up with their hands and drink out of their hands, their cupped hands, you're to take them. And that's what he did. He led them down. And the Bible says that 9,700 of them went down, and like a dog, they put their face down at the water, and they drank it right like that, but only 300 actually took the water in their hands and drank it out of their hands. And now, Gideon is not outnumbered four to one. He's not outnumbered 14 to one. He's outnumbered 450 to one. And if the buddy falls, he's outnumbered 900 to one. This was mission impossible. And so he got his 300 together. And God said, I'm gonna give you one more sign. I want you to sneak down in the middle of the night to the Midianite camp, come out of the hills and go down into the valley, and I'll give you the sign. And so he took a buddy and he went down and he overheard through a tent flap two Midianites talking. The Midianite said, I just woke up from a terrible nightmare. I dreamt the oddest thing, that a large loaf of barley bread that's a weird thing, isn't it? By the way, I'm just going to stop right there and say, a large loaf of barley bread rolled down from the mountain and crushed us. Now, in my mind, growing up in the 1980s and 90s, I'm thinking of the old Ghostbuster movie with the Pillsbury Doughboy walking through a camp, you know, destroying things. That's the movie, right? On the way. And, uh, and, and, he, and the guy says this. He goes, this weird image, this dream must mean one thing, that Gideon's going to come down out of the mountains and he will crush us all. We're doomed. And that's all Gideon needed. <laughs> he said, God's given us the victory. He, he ran back up into the hills. He took his 300 men. He divided them into three different segments of a hundred people. And he spread them out along the ridge. And the Bible says he gave them three things. You remember what they are? Those who remember this story? He gave them a jar, or you could say a bowl, a jar. He gave them also a trumpet, an ancient trumpet, and he gave them a torch. So they had a jar in one hand, a torch in the other, and a trumpet somewhere in one of the hands. Now, if they have those things, what, what's missing? An offensive weapon. There's no sword. And so they are going to confront the Midianites without a weapon. And so at Gideon's command, they broke the jar, they lifted the torch, they blew the trumpet, and they said, for the Lord and for Gideon. And mass chaos went out throughout the valley as the Midianites awoke 
and they looked around and they thought they were surrounded with all these lights and all this noise and chaos broke out in the camp. The Bible says that the Midianites, they turned on one another and began to fight one another and they were all eliminated from one another. And we have this victory from Gideon. Now, let me just pause right here and say it's the oddest story. It's an ancient story. It's a story that probably invokes a lot of different questions about war and and that. And those are good discussions that we have in Bible studies and uh, home gatherings, and they're worth the discussion. But today, in this setting, I'm just asking, what can we take home (laughs) from this ancient story from the book of Judges. What life lessons in 2023? I wanna give you two real quick. Here they are, applying the relevant word to my heart and to yours right here. Number one, God trust, Gideon trusted God no matter the circumstances, fully at the end. Took him a while to get there, but he trusted God. And friends, there's a difference between believing and trusting. Now, I want you to imagine if there was an ancient pollster, Gallup or some other pollster out there surveying the original 32,000 troops, and they would go to the troops and say, I've got three questions for you, gang, if you'd answer them. And the first one is this, how many here believe in God? I'm convinced that nearly 100% of those original 32,000 would say yes. See, they were theists. They were monotheists. It was who they were. They were born into it, and this is what they were taught, and they believed that there was a God before them. And 100% or nearly 100 would have said absolutely. Then the second question would come, do you believe that God can do all things, that God is all-powerful, that God can do miracles, that God can deliver us? Well, these individuals, remember, they grew up around campfires. (laughs) They had heard their fathers tell the story of Moses leading God's people out of the land of bondage, out of the land of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea. They had heard about Joshua and Caleb and the people crossing over the Jordan River as the priest's feet hit the water and the water dammed up and the people walked across on dry land. They had heard just growing up about mighty Deborah and Barak and Jael And about the Darth Vader, the ancient world that we talked about two weeks ago in Sisera and how he was defeated. It was a miracle when God brought the rain upon the Jezreel Valley and the chariot wheels got stuck in the mud. And they had heard those stories because those are their stories of faith around the campfire. And so that's what they believed and what they knew. And they knew the right answers. And probably nearly 100% would say, "I, I believe. Then the question would come. Remember, this is the original 32,000. Are you willing to trust this God? Are you ready to believe this God? That even now when we're outnumbered 450 to one later, but at least at the beginning, four to one, that God will deliver us, that God will save us, that God has a plan and purpose for our people. We see the majority said, no, I can't. I don't believe. And they walked away. Well, the same is true today for us. How many of us would... Say we believe in God. If we had a pollster secretly in this room, I'd say majority would. There are many wonderful things that you could be doing today than being here. You've made a decision to be here or a decision to be with us online. 
certainly there's exciting things this weekend. We can hear literally the jets flying over our building today. And so, so much is happening here. But in a room like this, there may be a few atheists. And let me just say, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Keep coming. There may be a few agnostics who have many questions. And this is a place where I hope you feel comfortable. I have questions too about faith. And I think we can grow together in investigation of that. But the majority would say, I believe. I'm a theist. I believe that there's not just nothing. I believe that God is and I'm here. And then the question would come, well, do you believe that God still works miracles today? It's not just something in the Bible, in the pages of an ancient book, that supernatural signs and wonders and healings still take place today, that Acts chapter 2 is not dead today. I would say that many of us, perhaps majority of us would say, absolutely, I believe in faith and I trust. But then the question would come, are you willing to really trust? Are you really believe? Will you trust God with your time? Will you trust God with your gifts? Will you trust God with your career choices, with the person that you date? Will you trust God with your kids, with your finances, and how you organize your schedule? Will you prioritize and really believe? And many of us, when the going gets tough and the rubber meets the road, we say, I can't. I want to trust my way instead of God's way. There's a difference between simply believing, oh, I'll give mental assent, and trusting. You know, the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. There's got to be something more. Gideon, it took him a while, but he got to the place where he trusted God in life's choices and challenges. Help me, Jesus. In my unbelief and my struggle, help me. Let me hold your torch up high. Declare your victory over my life and my situation today. Amen? And secondly, I got two points. It's a good Methodist sermon with two points. God revealed his plan to Gideon one step at a time. So it didn't happen overnight. Some of us who've walked with the Lord for some time can identify with this. We're not the same individuals now in faith and maturity than we were when we first started out because we've seen the hand of God in our life. Think back to different challenging circumstances or unique circumstances in your life, how God has brought you through. Perhaps it hasn't always been your plan, but you look back now and you see the healing. You see the way that things have changed. Or at least if it was a difficult time, God writes straight using crooked lines today. We see that in Gideon's story. It didn't happen overnight. Can you imagine that if that angel of the Lord would have went to Gideon and said, Oh, brave one, the Lord is with you as they gathered in the wine press. And I want to tell you what's going to happen. Yes, you're a wheat farmer, but you are going to lead a group of 300 farmers without a weapon against the mighty Midianites, and you're going to be outnumbered 450 to one, go do it. That would have been difficult. But the story didn't happen like that. God started to reveal himself over time, proving himself over and over, and Gideon's faith grew and grew and grew and grew. He, he revealed himself at the barbecue. Remember? 
And then he revealed himself in saving Gideon at the family altar. If Baal be God, let Baal take care of it. Inch by inch, God revealed himself at the fleece in the field where it was wet one day and dry the next. God was revealing himself. God revealed himself in the number of the troops being reduced. And God was revealing himself even in the camp when the guy envisioned the loaf of bread rolling down the mountain. And God reveals his plan one step at a time. I pray that we can get to the place in our life where we say, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. I trust your will. I trust your word. I trust your promises to be true. And I'm leaning on you today. When I was young, I learned a hymn. We don't sing a lot of hymns here. We like the hymns. We just haven't sung this one in years. But I love the words, and I want to share the words with you. How many remember this? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Do you know that? Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus says the Lord. Let's sing that chorus together, if you know it. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him. And in the second verse, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Sing it out if you know it. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that he'll be his. He's with us, Kingsburg. will be with me till the end. Declare your faith. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him more and Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust. So, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we, your people, come, as weak as we are, full of fear of all that oppresses us, all that knocks on our door. But we are not alone. You've given us your spirit, Lord. For that, we say thank you. Help us to lean on your everlasting arms. And for those who've never trusted you as Savior today, I pray today will be a new day. We thank you for the gift of your work on the cross. And as we sing it with joy today, we sing our faith out with victory today. We ask God that you'll come and make us new. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. 
And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.